But Paul was a pretty controversial figure. I mean, I don't know if we should necessarily get on that train. It's totally, <laughs> it's totally difficult to square with. That's true. Yeah. Accepted Boy, norms. We really days. need to, we need to think about well, where we stand on Paul. No, we don't. It's God's word. What's up, boss? This is Abraham's wallet. We span the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Well, Mark, happy summertime. It's upon us. Dude. It's a good Friday for me. I woke up, I've been the last two weekends in a row on Friday, I've woken up at the crack of dawn and gone to the truly dilapidated, inexpensive golf course with a couple buddies. Oh. And we sneak in nine holes before eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, we're done. Whoa. And it's, wow, a, it's $11. We can walk. We're, I. That today was my third round of golf lifetime. That's fun. Um, so that was a good way to start the Did day. Did you keep score? Yeah. Okay. Well, you don't have to report your score, but if you're I was if feeling you're keeping if you're able to keep score on your third round of golf ever, that means you're doing well because usually first I don't know five rounds it's just like you just hit a whole bunch of times and you're just like okay I'm just picking it up going to the next yeah the first one we were very um, my wife and I played while we were on vacation we were very gracious to ourselves about yeah just hit another one no big deal Uh uh-huh yeah Um, yeah and then the second round I I said I'm just gonna play my ball unless I chuck it in the water or a thousand yards out of bounds from the tee then I'm going to hit another one and not count it today I played strict rules of golf Um, good for you so did not take any mulligans or anything like that and I I feel like I'm on did you improve your lie a couple of times did you improve your lie I, I don't know what that means well, you pick up a ball from a, from a piece of hard ground and you no, put it on a tuft of nice grass. Not at all. I did hit it three wow. times once in the same bunker. Um, uh-huh. But but you always counted it. Yeah. and Good for you. I'm, I think I'm on track to break 90 this summer. So That'd be incredible. Um, not not going to break I 80 went, quite yet. but I went years without being able to break 90 yeah. as a youngster. Well, you know, I... Um, I, I think it's something that the best equipment and coaching can overcome in a short amount of time. <laughs> oh, well, um, perhaps. So that was my morning. I'm sitting here drinking a uh, an athletic brewing brew out of my early Father's Day gift Yeti koozie. So okay. that okay, makes well, me happy. Have yeah, I told you about you're these enjoying things? summer. No. Oh, well, I need to take a second. Athletic <laughs> Brewing, they're geniuses that have somehow brewed delicious beers, and instead of boiling them to get all the alcohol out, they have a special yeah. filtration method. They taste great if you're a beer person, and they have no alcohol. Yeah. Huh. And I don't know. I thought I would talk about it on the podcast, because for me, last year, when all the COVID stuff was happening, we decided, let's dramatically reduce the amount of alcohol that we consume 
and these were a tasty, low-calorie treat for uh, for the person who doesn't want to drink. Are they sold across this great nation of ours? Well, because they're not alcoholic, they'll ship them to your house. Um, okay. So I just get I get twelve of them at the start of every month, and it's, where are they uh, from? I think somewhere on the East Coast. I'd have to I'd have to Google that, and I'm unwilling to do Athletic that. Athletic Brewing Company. Well, um, I can't imagine liking the taste of beer enough to want it without the alcohol or with the alcohol. But it reminds me of something I wanted to say. I'm going to make a segue now into Kingdom Business Corner. Oh, because I was going to tell you about this. Okay, I had the wonderful serendipitous blessing come my way. I got inv- I get invited to preview a class that a local dude um is is offering called get ready for it barbecue school. So I went to barbecue school. There's a local guy, the name of his business if you're in Cincinnati is just Qin Q apostrophe I N just Qin it's in Walnut Hills and I have uh, famously poo-pooed the barbecue offerings in my fair city because I'm a Texan living in Cincinnati and the Cincinnatis don't know what they're doing with regards to barbecue as part of barbecue school which again I was wonderfully invited to we were given a tour of the history of barbecue, regional barbecues, to give us an understanding, different kinds of barbecue and smoke and grill setups that you might have at home and how to maximize each of those. And in, in, uh, in his description of these, um, the owner and proprietor said, yes, and so that's South Carolina barbecue. And now we're going to get to the greatest barbecue of all. That is Texas barbecue, where brisket is king. And I I think I stood up or yelled or something like that. There are about 12 people. And um, anyways, it was fantastic. Uh, I had, and at the end of the class, oh, by the way, one of the really fun things is he rolls out a huge slab of, of, of uh, pork that each person he hands you a knife and you get to trim your own rack of ribs. And then he wraps up those ribs later and presents them to you and says, now you're going to go home and smoke these ribs the way that I've taught you to, which is very inspiring. And he gives you the right rub and he gives you sauce. Um, And at the end of the class, you get this magnificent spread of all of his food that they've been smoking since, you know, 3 a.m. the night before. It was it was a wonderful time. And I was so impressed with this guy. I did a little uh, little impromptu interview with him. So let's hear some of that right now. Yeah, Matt loved your class. Love talking about barbecue and eating some of your awesome food. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just wondered, um, like I see on your little pickup sign that says, do it for the glory of God. First Corinthians 10, 31. Yep. I saw, I saw some of your reviews when you're getting awards and stuff. You're saying that it's, 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 uh, you, you want to run everything with excellence. And can you tell me a little bit about that motivation? 
Yeah, so um, so our business is a Christian-based business. It's faith-based business. Our scripture is 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whatever you do or whatever, whatever you eat or whatever you drink, do it all to the glory of God. Um, so we believe that excellence comes from the details. I'm a believer that one of our values is you're a good, we're good stewards of our resources. So steward is another word for manager. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that this business is just a resource from God, and I'm a manager of his stuff. Right. And so since I'm a manager of his stuff, I want to manage his stuff well. Right. And the details matter to God. So eating and drinking is something that's trivial that you can do. I mean, it's a trivial thing that you can do. And God says, whether you're eating or drinking, the smallest thing, the smallest detail, it matters. Do that to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And so we try to model our business after that. All of our values, um, our, our culture, everything is really built on the details because we understand that the details add up to the big picture. Right. And so if we can get the pixels right, then when you pull back and look at the picture, it's a really strong brand that says that this is a Christian organization. Our boss is bigger. We're working for excellence. Right. Whether you're Christian or non-Christian, you get to reap the benefits right. of our pursuit of excellence. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's excellent, Matt. Well, we feel have, have experienced the benefit of the yeah. excellence that you pursue yeah. around the barbecue pit. What right. are your barbecue pits names again? Luann and Henry. Okay, well, your smokers are, uh, are, are exuding <laughs> heavenly excellence from them, which we just tasted, especially in that point end of the brisket right. where that That's fat right. is yeah. dripping oh, into the meat. Anyways, uh, thank you so much, Matt, and we're so glad that you are a, an unapologetic fan of Texas barbecue. Unapologetic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, dude. So that was me talking to that guy. What He's such a cool guy and I had a heart for God and it's a faith-based business. And I only met him because of a friend of mine, but it was wonderful. So I That's want to awesome. recommend to everybody just queuing. And I want to recommend that anybody who is interested to, to, this would be a great gift for dad and a couple of his buddies, send them to barbecue school. It happens on Sunday afternoons and it's terrific. I loved it. So I've never known you to be a grill enthusiast or like a meat smoker type of guy. Do you think this has planted a seed in you that's going to end up in owning a Traeger and a smoker? What a great question, Mark. First of all, I am a barbecue enthusiast when it comes to eating the food, as you know. I haven't been an enthusiast of making it because there's a very high intimidation factor for me. And he's and he was very clear in saying like brisket, brisket's not what you want to try to attack early on. Brisket, okay, just I'm just gonna display some of my knowledge drops at this moment. Ribs have a very are very forgiving. You if you have an internal temperature of ribs anywhere from 190 to like 203, you've got a winner. Your ribs are gonna be great. There is like a one and a half degree. Um, window where brisket is right. So you have to be one of these uh, magicians who can like depress your thumb into a piece of meat and go, okay, that that's that's right. So because it you get to the maximum place of fat meltiness and then it starts drying out and you got to get it out of there. So anyways, there there's been a high intimidation factor for me. You know what I did? I came home and used my dumb fat guy common knucklehead grill 
and made those ribs. And they were delicious. I was so proud of them. And I thought, I'm doing this again. Wow. So, yeah, I think, I think, I think it pushed me to a, to a new level of confidence and thinking, number one, that even with my crap skills, I can do something good. But second, yes, I have to confess, it did create a new ambition for me, which is I, I, soon I will declare my lame grill as being defunct. And I will upgrade to some like awesome like Oklahoma Joe smoker grill. Traeger, right? Traeger is also an option. My neighbor yes. started that company, and uh, it it's kind of a Utah thing. So I know okay. Jeremy Pryor has done whole podcast episodes on the best grill. If you want to hear it, go go Google that. But uh, what are we here to talk about today, Stephen? I don't think it's grills well, or barbecue school. No, no. I was even going to mention the 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 seventeen-year cicadas that are singing outside my window, and that's interesting. It's a fascinating thing to be a part of, but it's not what we're here to talk about. No, but we should. If de- we're going to bring up cicadas, we should. I just saw in the news that if you have a shellfish allergy, don't eat the cicadas. That's what I just was <laughs> informed. So, well, I have heard no matter. W- what allergies you may or may not have, don't eat them in their shell. You eat them when they crawl out of the ground and don't have shells. And they need to have an internal temperature of exactly <laughs> I think 167. Yeah. Um, it's like poultry. Anyhow, um, there's some, I know of something that's coming down the pike. Would you say it's coming down the pipe or it's coming down the pike? I think, pike is a roadway. I think the turnpike. A pipe. It's coming down the turnpike, so shortened okay. up to the pike. Yeah. Okay. There's something coming down the pike um, that some people know of. I just know that it's coming. I don't know much about it, but they're telling us that there's going to be some kind of. They're calling them stimulus checks, but I don't think I don't think there's much oh. stimulus in them. It's the child tax credit, and it's... Uh, the child tax credit is what I'm referring to. Did I did I excite you by mentioning that? Because you have something to say about it? Yeah, so I want to kind of tee this up. The reason that we are going to talk about this is because, as our loyal listeners know, we're financial planners. We talk to people all week long about their finances. Well, sure. And... Frankly, most of our clients, by the time you get to a point where it makes sense to hire a financial planner, a lot of times you've had some financial successes or you're starting to get things in order. Um, And so most of our clients are pretty sharp people. And Mm. more than a few of them in the past couple weeks have asked me, hey, Mark, so I'm glad we're doing all this stuff we're doing, getting a plan together, but I just realized I'm about to start getting a bunch of extra money each month from the government. (laughs) And can we talk about how I should plan to deploy those funds according to the the financial plan we've created? And I think that there's a lot of people that think what is about to start hitting their mailbox on July 15th, which if you have children between the age of zero and... 17 um you're going to be getting some checks most likely um a lot of people think that's extra stimulus money but it's not right this is a advance on a credit 
Um, so those so if are you're different. asking the question, how, how much Doge can I buy with my free money that's coming? And that might not be the best, the best move. Yeah. So last year, a lot of, a lot of us received stimulus checks, which were just flat payments from the government. And that money was not an advance on a credit. It was just money. Just that made up money. Sent you. Um, and so you could do whatever you want with it. There was not really the risk that come tax time, you're going to have a surprise. The, this money is actually a tax credit that they're going to go ahead in order to try and stimulate the economy. So it is a stimulus in that sense. They're going to go ahead and hand you cash now that they normally don't credit you with until it comes time to file your taxes. So that's a pretty big difference. Um, now, that that credit amount... so. The way it has worked historically is for every child you have, 17 or under, uh, you get a $2,000 credit on your taxes. And this is a refundable credit. So let's say you had every... How long have they been doing, how, how long have they been doing tax credits for having kids? Since 1997. Oh, okay. So... That, that reminds me of the Taxpayer Relief Act of 1997. Oh, yeah. Um, it's yep. great how you have those little financial tidbits and tax law factoids right at your fingertips. Well, you got to, you got to have them or you just can't get your licenses. You know how that That's works. Right. You gotta, they got to, got to be in that brain. They don't let you stop the podcast, do some Googling and then just edit it all in like that. No, 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 no. You have to know it. Okay. Um, well, in any case, you, uh, for a long time since about, you know, I don't know, 1997, You've been getting a $2,000 in last year, at least, credit for each child you have that's 17 or under. And what that means is if you did all your taxes, and let's say before this credit you owed $0 in taxes and you have two kids, um, you would get a $4,000 refund. So you've paid, you paid some payroll deductions on your paycheck all year long, and you perfectly nailed it so that you don't owe anything um, before this credit is applied. This is a refundable credit, which means last year you would have gotten $2,000 per kid back. Okay? Um, okay. What's, what's happened now is that they have changed this credit, and they said we're going to jack it up a little bit. For kids under 6, we're going to give you $3,600. And for kids mm. between 6 and 17, anyone who's not yet 18, uh, we're going to give you $3,000. So that's good news for a lot of our listeners who have uh, kids in that age range. Um, but what they're going to do is they're not just going to do what they've been doing since 1997 and apply it towards your taxes at the end of the year. They're going to, starting July 15th, send you a prorated piece of this. So there's six months between then and the end of the year. They will send you half of that amount in checks, um, a monthly check for the amount that you're due. Uh, and the other half will be applied on your taxes as a credit. Now, in the future, if they like this and it goes well, I could totally see it being sort of a plan that in 2022, you get a check each month and there's no credit at the end of the year. We'll see. We don't know mm. yet. But well, I, I just did some some uh, back of the napkin uh, math here, and it's just interesting to think of 
the Beausejours, which have been featured on our podcast a couple of times. They got a whole bunch of little kids, <laughs> and I think they're oldest is uh eight and um i think they'll be getting about twenty thousand eight hundred dollars for all of their young ones it's pretty good yeah the bosagers so there's a couple quick tips to know about this credit it starts phasing out when you hit one hundred and fifty thousand dollars of income so the extra part the part that's above the old amount which was two thousand so that's $1,600 more for little kids and $1,000 more for older kids. That phases out starting at $150,000 for every dollar you make over $150,000 of adjusted gross income. They take away five cents of the credit, which means I think by the time you hit $190,000, it's all gone for for hmm. the, the $3,000 amount. Okay, so... Is that five cents per kid or five cents of your total? Of your total. So everybody's going to have a different amount. This gets confusing. And you guys, I know you're out on a run and you're trying to say, well, I'm interested, but I can't really do all the math. Go over to... Well, they pulled over now. There's a guy, he's leaning in the dirt and he's scratching in the dirt to try to do some quick math. Because if you're at five cents per dollar... Yeah, stop with all that. Just head over to abrahamswallet.com. We actually put up an article about this, um, and in that article, there's a link to a calculator where you can just say, here's how much I think I'm going to make, and here's how many kids I have and what their ages are, and it'll tell you, here's what we think you're going to get in monthly checks and how much will be applied to your taxes as a credit. So that's easier than trying to, to back of the napkin your specific amount. That's so convenient. We'll make a we'll make a heading to a section, and it'll be called "Here's the Calculator." So, go to that article, which well, is about cha- child tax credit checks, and then look for the thing that says "Here's the Calculator." I think they should use read the whole article. I mean, I put some. Well, they should, but I we'll put some read fun, down to. I put some fun links to to my favorite YouTubers in there. I mean, it's full of delightful tidbits. So. Oh, yeah, it's a good little article. Okay. Now, the only other thing to be aware of is once you hit $400,000 of income, that that $2,000 per kid amount also starts phasing out. So if you make a half a million dollars, you're not getting any credits for anything uh, for kids. Oh. And that's that's okay. always been the case. But let's just for simplicity's sake, think about somebody who makes 150000 or less and just has a few kids. The thing I'm really worried about and I want to warn our listeners about is if you get these these checks, let's say that you just have two kids and they're both 9-year-old twins. So you're going to get last year you got a $4,000 credit on your taxes. Well, this year we get $6,000. But 3,000 of it is going to get sent to you in checks between July 15th and the end of the year. If you go spend all that money, remodel the bathroom, whatever you've got on your to-do list, and then tax time comes and everything's exactly the same, you're going to owe another $1,000 of taxes that you didn't owe last mm. year because you already got half of your bigger tax credit in the form of checks. And obviously somebody like the Beausejours that have a whole herd of children, that mm. could be 
a really big tax shock if they said had $10,000 extra coming their way, spent it all, and then were hit with another $5,000 of tax bill that they weren't counting on. Um, so that is really the the thing I wanted to kind of highlight. And there is a big and difference. And that bathroom isn't paying off any money. It's not, it's not, it's not turning out money. It's very hard to sell a bathroom that you've remodeled without, uh, yeah. relocating yeah. your whole residence. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So yeah. I really want people to kind of have it on their radar when these checks come in that at least a large chunk of that money that you're getting sent, um, the, the plan is, oh, if we send this money out to people, it'll stimulate the economy and everybody will end up better off come tax time and they'll be able to pay the extra taxes. But if you spend all that money, I could see a lot of people ending up in hot water, um, even if it's a one or $2,000 extra chunk on their taxes next year. That's, that's meaningful to a lot of people. And I, I recommend just kind of putting a little earmark on those checks and keeping them somewhere pretty safe uh, between when they start coming in and when you file your taxes for 2021. Are, are, are these child tax credit checks, are they being branded as stimulus? Is anybody calling them stimulus money? That's a good question. Let's see what the, the name of the... Well, if the dumb media is doing that, Please don't listen. I'm going to, I'd like to read a couple of uh, paragraphs from the uh, earlier referenced article that is presently on abrahamswallet.com for your perusal. It says this, these handouts that the government gives people in checks are sometimes branded as stimulus money. Usually that means that the government recognizes, recognizes that its citizens are in a bad way, usually because of something the government did, war economic recession, depression, or just stopping the business of the whole nation for a couple of years. And it wants to get the economy going. Stimulus money, just to be sure you know what that is, is usually in the printed up out of thin air category. It doesn't come at a direct cost to you and nobody will be expecting you to pay it back. It dilutes the money supply, sure, but in as much as everybody gets some money can be considered free, it is free, no strings attached. An advance of tax credits can be called whatever you want to call it, but it's not free money, not like stimulus money is. The government has long encouraged families to have children by giving them tax credits for each supported child in a home. Hopefully that rings a bell. If you've been paying taxes for any amount of time, you know what that is. Well, the checks soon coming your way are simply an advance on that tax credit. So I think our I think our big warning is for people to understand this is coming out of in in some way this is coming out of your tax bill that's happening in April. It's not it's not Yahoo money. That's right. And it is more money for if you make under that $150,000 amount, you're getting more than you got last year. So um frankly, Amongst all the different ways to stimulate the economy, I'm all for funding extra to people who have decided to have a bunch of children. Um, Make babies, yeah. But um, I would hate to see our multi-generational Abrahamic family leaders thinking that the government finally got smart and realized the blessing yeah. the children are and really <laughs> they get bit in the butt by this thing uh, next tax yes. season. They're not paying you for having children. 
That's right. So there you go. There is a difference between a tax credit and a stimulus payment. Um, this is a refundable tax credit. There's non-refundable tax credits. We could do a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> on how to understand all the different tax credits that you're eligible for. Um, maybe we should. If we ever find that really great CPA that we've been asking about, um, we'll have to have them on the show and have them run us down some of this stuff. But um, if this is something that you know people are listening to and going, I need some direct one-on-one coaching on how to deal with this we do that with clients Um, we know a lot of people even though I make jokes about CPAs who are good at helping clients understand this stuff Um, and there there's kind of a moment for most people where with tax questions especially you go from TurboTax and the do-it-yourself model being totally the right move because it saves you some money and it meets your needs to needing some extra input and actually needing to hire a professional. And so um, it's worth always keeping in mind. We talked about it a few episodes ago when we talked about what to do after you file your taxes. But it's worth keeping in mind that the more complex your tax situation gets, just ask yourself, should I be hiring somebody to help me with this? Or is it still something I can do comfortably on my own? Well, it's worth throwing out there that we really like reactions from listeners so um if you want to throw us a question we have a grab we have a grab bag we have a mailbag episode coming up soon so we'd love to hear your questions um about this or any other thing that we talk about and mark you've been known to contact people uh, uh from time to time and just have short conversations with people with questions so i don't think a lot of people know that you do that yeah i do i do try to invest some energy when people reach out to us um so we appreciate it you know maybe we'll do a mailbag while we're driving across west texas um that'd be great we could do we could do that and and you said it last episode we've already gotten a few a few people who are interested in this but if you're in texas there's still time to to get on the Abraham's Wallet coffee clutch calendar where we stop in your yeah. town and you know just uh high five get to know you guys especially so. if if you're somewhere n- near Franklin barbecue or Hard 8 barbecue or any of the wonderful Texas barbecue establishments I'll even take chains I'm not too proud for Rudy's barbecue Spring Creek barbecue I'm not too proud for those places. I, I'm, no. I'm a common man. My belly, my belly welcomes all comers. If there was one of those, if there was one of those Texan magicians that you were talking about who can just touch the brisket with his yeah. thumb, we'll also we would be willing to come directly to your house and consume yeah, and, the smoked and meat, t- taste it, and, and give you a review. See what we think of it. Okay. Well, if we have a little bit of time left, which I think we do, do you mind if I? rant about my recent um my my recent uh church hunting uh uh, adventures no i i would love to hear what what's on your mind as you stick your head into church houses in the cincinnati area okay well i'll preface this by simply saying i think that cincinnati cincinnati is probably more catholic than many towns but as far as this sort of Protestant evangelical scene goes, I think we're probably about like anywhere else. Um, I've been around and and 
you know, it's it's inevitable that the the tastemakers of modern pop church life listen to the same radio stations, read the same books, go to the same conferences, and largely have the same grid on the world. So, you know, we've got the we got a couple of charismatic things. We got a couple of vineyards. We got some Baptist scene going on. Um, You've got Michael Foster's uh, aggressively <laughs> confrontational church out in Batavia. Out in Batavia, that's true. That's within arm's reach. Not totally convenient, but it's 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 uh, handy-ish. Um, so, anyways, uh, as I've been looking around, here, here's what I have to say about it all. I'm just so disappointed that I I, I think it's generally this evangelicalism is has been per, maybe I don't know permanently universally sullied by the idea of being outreach centric so the idea is that we want to appeal to people and so we have to do a little marketing and that's just got to be a part of everything so when we teach the bible you might want to Go to the passages that will kind of scratch the itch of the people a little more. This is kind of a nicer message to hear. Why don't we center down on the messages of grace as opposed to the warnings or calling out sin or wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. That's not that's not a great marketing. Let's kind of not do that as much. So there's this feeling of everything is everything right down to communion is a is a marketing moment is a moment to try to try to please people try to broaden the net invite people in and I, honestly I just want somebody to just go here's what the word of God says I'm just going to proclaim God's word to you because you need to know what God says so here's what he says so that's 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 one thing is that the is that the the preaching teaching sharing however you want to call it is always in a gauze of are you guys okay with this is everybody are you guys feel good about this right now make sense yes i don't see a lot of that coming from you know god in the bible coming from you know paul in the bible they're just like this is what god's word is so we all need to get with the plan. But Paul was a pretty controversial figure. I mean, I don't know if we should necessarily get on that train. It's totally <laughs> it's totally difficult to square with That's true. cultural yeah. accepted Boy, norms. We really need to, th- we need to think about well, where we stand on Paul. No, we don't. It's God's word. Secondly, the the flavor of worship music right now, I think I can... I think I can say that this is larger than my area because national Christian radio is the same. What's called Christian music is the same thing as what's called worship music. There's very little that happens on a Christian radio station that they won't just immediately play that very thing in a church service. But I don't know. I have this idea that worship music. Now watch me here. It's, It's a tricky thing that I do. I always feel like worship music should be worshipful. And so worship would mean that we're actually 
coming before God's presence and we're saying things about him like you're holy, you're forever, you're faithful. We'd be saying things to God like that and then and then giving him homage for being those ways. So when we sing things like, I hope I'm stomping on some kind of copyright by, by saying this. Um, there, there is a song that's come out of, uh, I think it's Elevation Church. I don't really, I think that that's it. There is a song these days called Gyra. And the word, the first words of the song are, I'll never be more loved than I am right now. I've never held you up. So I'll never let you down. I can never let you down. The idea that it'd be impossible for me to disappoint God in some way. Because I'm, and then there's this refrain that, that I was in a church service where this is saying over and over again, I never want to forget the way that I feel right now. That was the line over and over. I never want to forget the way that I feel right now. And I'm look, just looking around the room, hundreds of people going, what? What in the world are we talking about? Is this what we're singing when we get together as the body of Christ? I don't want to forget the way that I feel right now. Just maddening. And you put those two things together. And there's so, I'm complaining about that one song. It's a wider problem of all of the songs. This isn't new that I'm saying this. All of the songs are about us. What is new is they're all about how I feel, that I, you make me feel loved. God, affirm, affirm your love to me right now. That's what all of the quote worship songs feel like to me in, in pop Christian churches is affirm your love to me right now. I'm standing here with my arms crossed, you know, break my chains. Come on, do it, which not necessarily evil prayers to pray, but they're but what a sad substitute for worship. Um, and and we, we're growing entire generations of people who they have no definition of worship. They have no experience of worship. And I feel like not only and do I have an appetite for worship that must be fulfilled by my church expression that I'm going to be part of, but I have to have my children and my wife enculturated in worship making much of God and then honoring him for it. And I just, it just feels like where, where are they? Where are these things? So that is this week's unhappy about Christianity rant. Yeah. Well, you've done a whole talk on what constitutes worship and I've repurposed that talk for other audiences here in Utah and it was controversial, but I agree with you. I think I went and visited a church when, when I was in Texas recently and just the stuff that constituted worship, there was actually some really, there was a really great moment in the service that was like, we think that right now, this was a few months ago, actually, when, when everything was going on, everybody was home and alone and things like that. We think there's a lot of isolation and all this stuff that I'm like, yeah, that's cool if this church is about to deal with some of the stuff. And then 
the the response was and so let's sing this song and i was like okay we're gonna worship <laughs> we're gonna take the weapon and deploy it against oh boy the enemy it's gonna here. be really good and the song was just a big <laughs> bleh. Um, <laughs> a big turd yeah it was like well this is not even theologically true what we're saying oh, much brother. less um like i don't know i think it, it it successfully whipped up about 25% of the crew into a frenzy. And so I guess that was mm. what they were going for. <laughs> yeah, the that's guy, what they were going for. The guy sitting next to me looked at me and said, like, are you serious? This is the church you picked oh. for us to go to today? Oh, <laughs> um, man. He's he's a great brother. So it was not um, no eternal yeah, consequences Yeah, you, you, you weren't losing his soul. No. Yeah. Um, um, my our old friend Walt was telling me uh, this week I was I was reviewing this very rant with him, and he was telling me about a, a meeting he was at last week, and somebody had had I think was teaching on that he makes all things beautiful in their time, and then this chorus started after it where everyone's saying, "Make me beautiful." And they just kept singing this little, this little refrain. He's he's like for fifteen minutes. He's like, I'm looking at my watch, going like, I don't think I can ask the Lord to make me beautiful one more time. And but he said these people, they're they're just ignorant. He's like they 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 were earnest. They were trying to push into the Lord. This is just they were just trying to agree with this passage that he makes all things beautiful. Okay. Well make me beautiful. And he said, but at some point somebody turned the corner. He said, they started singing, Lord, you're beautiful. And he was like, instantly he felt the presence of God in the room. He said, like heaven's doors opened up as soon as they started singing, Lord, you're beautiful. And he was like, well, this is now we're home. And that that's, that that's the thing that makes me sad is because I do think that people are earnest and they're full of zeal and they're full of desire. But there is, um, I don't remember which one of the minor prophets said this at the moment, but there is a hunger for the word of the Lord, like the longing for bread. And nobody knows what the word of the Lord is, even regarding something as common as worship. Nobody knows what God's word is. On that, so we're straining around and scrabbling and trying to cobble some nonsense together instead of instead of the good stuff. If you're out there and feeling the same way, and maybe you're church shopping, don't knock that old-fashioned religion. <laughs> Is kind of what, yeah. what I've learned. I mean, <laughs> give me that old-time religion. We're working. We're we're worshiping with with a church that on paper. A few years back, I would have said, there's no way we <laughs> would be a part of something that affiliates with that denomination or, yeah, it just wasn't, and I, I didn't think they were bad, you, you know, it was just like, that's not my, my jam. And we found a group of people who were doggedly committed to the uncut scriptures and we we still have, I guess probably pretty big theological differences but that's okay um because there's there's the ground that we're standing on that we're kind of digging our heels in to pull on the rope together is the same so yeah i'm like okay you think this about the holy spirit and i think that and if the holy spirit shows up then he'll he'll be able to correct those those 
Yeah, he'll get your doctrine straightened out. Yeah. I had a great conversation with a dear friend. Um, was It was actually a whole bunch of us, but it was one, one old uh, female friend kind of driving the conversation. And she said, it feels like um, kind of Holy Spirit issues, whether you want to talk about tongues or faith healing or any of that stuff, that's kind of a second level thing. Like the, the foundation of the Bible gives us this second level world that we can play in. And she said, I feel like that second level world has been so screwed up and and misunderstood and misexperienced uh, and it's all sorts of bad doctrinal bugs get in there to that second level stuff. She said, I'm just longing for the foundational things. And I just want, I just want to be somewhere where the, where the word is taught. And then once we have that foundation kind of re poured or reestablished, well, then we can go back into level two stuff, which that makes a lot of sense to me. The the minor prophet I was thinking of, I looked it up, is Amos. And he said this in Amos 8, Behold, the days are coming that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. Hmm. I, I I feel like I live in that. And was that prior desert. to the 400 years of silence? Yes, certainly. The prophecy was before then. Yep. Stephen, I think that's enough ranting for now. We've talked about... <laughs> I'm all ranted out. Yeah, we've talked about the good. Um, we've talked about barbecue more than I expected Barbecue's to. good. Yeah, barbecue's good. We've warned we the people. We talked about the, the troubling, the troublesome, which is people getting checks in the mail and not knowing what to do with them. Yeah. And then we closed out with, with some ranting, which... We've done a pretty good job of not doing too much ranting on the Abraham's Walt podcast, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it, it's a discipline. And actually, on this um, this article that we've referenced on about the child tax credit checks that you can read on abrahamswallet.com, there, I, there's, it gets a little bit salty up in there, too. There's just a general saltiness about government handing out endless streams of money there, there's yeah so we're maybe we're a little salty on all of our platforms this week so be it so be it yeah we we haven't lost our saltiness at least we know that <laughs> that's for sure all right see you folks thanks for tuning in 